and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest this week is Dennis DeYoung, the former frontman of Styx, just released his brand new and final studio album, 26 East Volume 2. It is fantastic. It's a continuation of 26 East, the first volume. Took about why he decided to make another volume and why this is going to be his farewell studio album. Talk about his friend Jim Peterick working with Tom Morello, who had a song with him on volume two. And of course, we talk sticks and the $64,000 question will there ever be a reunion? We talk about Mr. Roboto. We talk about his first solo album, Desert Moon, one of my favorite songs, and the fact that he didn't want to make any solo albums. Dennis, very opinionated, very open. Quite frankly, he doesn't care anymore. He just tells it like it is. This is one of my favorite interviews, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Let's start off with one one of my favorites on the album is Hello Goodbye, which is, you know, I love it. It's really good, like, you know, kind of a Beatles-esque song. Um, I'm sure you were a Beatles fan growing up. You had Julian Lennon on, the, on volume one, so... Talk to me just about that song first. Well, 2964, like the lyric says, do not back at 64. Uh, that's the day they were on Ed Sullivan. That's what the opening line signifies. Right. And this was my interpretation of what they meant to me as a fan and how they absolutely changed the world of music and changed the world just four guys from Liverpool, you know, banging on guitar strings and singing and hitting drums. So when I started this project, it was only going to be one album. It was going to be just called 26 East. And then the record company, like all the songs that we presented, which was about 18 songs, they decided they wanted to pay me twice. I said, well, I'm not a math major, but that seems good. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we, they just divided it up into two albums. So Hello, Goodbye was supposed to be side one cup. I'm going to buy one. But I w- uh, then I went and wrote to the good old days for Jules and I to sing. And I said, can't have two. Yeah. Jesus. So volume one has Hello, Goodbye. And it's just my tribute to the greatest uh, job creators in the history of the music business, the Beatles. You're here. I'm here. We're all here, whether we know it or not, because yeah. it transformed music. And particularly, they invented the modern day rock band and uh, what that meant to all of us. So it is a Beatle tribute, an homage to the guys who inspired me to put down the accordion. (laughs) I'd been playing the accordion. We had a little combo, as they used to call them in those days, where I played accordion. And I was, well, I'm just an accordion player, Beatle dreaming. So I started with that to say to everybody, well, this is my, my last go around. See, kids, this is it. This yeah. is how it's. Okay. It starts right there, 2964. It ends with a grand finale right. on the album, which is like one of the best pieces of music from Styx's best album. Saying, yeah. And everything is to support that idea. So um, Jim Peterick and I, I wrote the song, but right. Jim, he played all the guitars and bass. Okay. And he used Offner bass. He used uh, the Countryman, right. um, Gretsch guitar. He used the 12 string, uh, my goodness, uh, Rick, Rick 12 string, um, a drummer, Ed, 
was just three of us put that, yeah. that thing together. He used Ludwig drums, Zildjian cymbals. We went as authentic, Hoff- did I say Hoffner bass? Yeah, Hoffner yeah. bass. We went as authentic as possible. And, um, and then we created that song. And, you know, the funny thing about it is when I finished mixing it, usually this is, here you can see, this is where I do all my work right here. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, usually, you know, I'm like, gosh, could have done that better. Right. You go through that. And then I just jumped up from where I'm sitting here and started dancing across the the room because I thought, well, that's, that's what I was looking for. And I got, so I play it all the time. First thing in the morning, because it reminds me fundamentally of who I am and how this all happened to me. Right. No, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, I've had a bunch of people who like mentioned that date that influenced them, you know, mightily and, you know, becoming a musician. And it's like, it's, I hear the same story, which is fantastic. And you mentioned Jim, who I've had on uh, earlier in the year. Um, and you, you had a great relationship with him and you had, you know, uh, proof of heaven, which has been out for a while. And I'm glad you included that on, on volume two. Uh, and I heard kind of like, he kind of forced you to come up with a, a volume two for this, right? Cause you had so many of these great songs that had to be out. He, he asked you what he did was he, he convinced me to make the record at all, which I was mm-hmm. thoroughly opposed to because <clears throat> what has become of the music business as the old farts used to view it is it's a shambles. It's a wreck. It's a, it's a destroyer of creativity and talent. Um, musicians don't have to all be millionaires, but you got to pay them dudes. Yeah. Dude. So, and I always say the definition of a schmuck is someone who, you know, pays for something that he can get for free yeah. which is the problem with music right That's so uh, he he talked me into starting this project but uh the second album was just because there were so many songs and um you know i i i, I owe him a great deal for allowing me encouraging me to you know mm-hmm. to say goodbye fans the right way although i've told him i'm not giving him a dime more in royalties even though he's yeah, right. three blocks from me this right. is true <laughs> And, okay. Yeah, and that's why I live in a gated community to keep his kind out of here. You catch my meaning. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, sure you Proof, could... of, Proof of Heaven was for the first album. And then he he was doing a, an album for Frontiers. Um, Pride of Lions, is that that band? Yeah, Pride of Lions, yep. And, was, that it? was that it? I oh, think it was. World Stage, right? It was World Stage, I think. World Stage. Yeah. He's got things. So many projects. Yeah. <laughs> So I was doing that one and, and he said, I'd like you to write a song or I'll write you. So I said, well, let's take proof of heaven. That's why. So, you know, right. no, it's great. And yeah. And you mentioned your grand finale to say, this is going to be your last, like a studio album. Uh, Billy Joel something did something similar, I guess, 20, 30 years ago when he had river of dreams, his last song on the album was called famous last words has released an album since, but he's touring every year. He sells out. I'd imagine you're going to do the same thing. Just keep touring until people, you know, get sick of you, right? No. <laughs> I'll be happy to stop. Um, right. Touring is, it's really a young man's game. Now, the way Billy Joel gets the tour is not the way I get the tour. I'm not in the band that I help make famous. Right. So I tour like Dennis DeYoung. And Billy, Billy's got his own plane. He, 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 you know, he can say and do whatever he wants. I don't get that luxury. I had it, yeah. uh, but not anymore. So um, touring for me has always been 
something you do for your career, for your fans. That's what it's for. Um, obviously, there's money involved, but I don't derive as much pleasure out of touring as I would out of creating. The moment that you create something that you right. think is cool, that's, that's the way, way you do this. Um, um, and I always say writing and, and producing records is creating and touring is regurgitating. That's what it is. It's you, you listen, it's great to want stand in front of a bunch of people and have them give you the vibe. I don't live to be on stage. I know there are musicians who absolutely right. the only time and actors who only feel alive when they're you know in front of the yeah. audience. I'm that way. I've never been that way. Um, I've had a wife and two kids before I had a record deal. So I, I you know, I view my role as a performer, as a as something I do because it's part of my, my job description. And I would love performing if I just got to, you know, stay in my house and drive to the hall every day. Yeah. I used to dream of having this big um, concert venue that was uh, 25 miles from my house, just far enough. So all the people in Des Moines would fly in that day. Mm-hmm. They'd stay at the Holiday Inn and then I'd go play for them. Then they'd go home rather <laughs> than me right. at the Holiday Inn in Des Moines. Now, like I said, does that, I might be a little different, but there are a lot of number of people who view, view touring this way. I love the adulation to a point. Yeah. Because I've always said, this is what live performance is like. Last song, the silence. Right. You are then left with the silence. I mean, now it's like, I mean, being a songwriter, you know, the royalties are all your you know, songs in the past, but a lot of people don't have that you know, luxury and have to tour. And then last year that was basically taken away from them. Uh, and imagine, with, yeah. you know, which is it's such a shame, but it seems like now things are opening up and, you know, people going back on the road. It's, it's great, but I mean, it's no one buys albums anymore. Like you said, you know, a, a fool is going to get something free, you know, or buy it when they can get it for free. Yeah. You know, what would be your like goal for these two albums? Is it just to have them out there? I've already achieved it. Um, I've gotten more recognition in the print media than I ever did when I was selling 30 million albums. I don't know why that is. Maybe people are just, you know, they say, well, you can't hurt an old person. It's just, it's unfair. Uh, But um, yeah, I mean, these two videos, first two, one of them's got, you know, hundreds of thousands of views for an old person and uh, all kinds of wonderful comments. Yeah. Okay, there you go. If you didn't buy it, I, who could blame you? Because um, there it is for free. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, I, I, the mission has been accomplished because free guy like you. And I, and I have a suggestion yeah. for you. I, yeah. I, I, I put the, the word misspent youth. Right. <laughs> Reliving my misspent youth. Um, so true. <laughs> yeah, so, you, you know, I think that the feedback I get from guys like you, you know how many of these I've done? Sure, yeah. Lots, um, all over the world. But yeah. to hear that, um, it's, it's, it's gratifying in ways that can't be expressed properly because they go, well, geez, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I did this because I just want to say enough with the young. We don't need him. We got Billie Eilish. Who needs this one? <laughs> so, um, 
that's how I look at it. And so uh, the fact that I've gotten all this, okay, I, I, I feel okay. I, you know, that's it. Yeah. I mean, like I've, you know, big fan of the band, obviously, and I've followed you, you know, since you left. And I'm sure a lot of Six fans have done that. But is it, how difficult is it? Like you say, you're just Dennis Young now. You're not part of the band that made you famous, but like me fans have you know kind of went with you so is it kind of like do you want to see the band that didn't have the songwriter and the you know person who sang the songs or do you want to see the lead singer off to himself the different band that brand that i was i like to think the most responsible for building i don't think that would be outrageous for me to say oh, no, oh, oh he's a big ego no. then look credit you big dummies right you know so um powerful i spent my life making you like a four-letter word right i was 14 i was determined to do that and it worked and not to be part of it is the height of foolishness yeah the height of foolishness because people love the band but the minute that jy and tommy because that's all that was left when they replaced me there was just three of us right to go out on the road and uh, do what they wanted with the brand. Uh, and they didn't, they did it for a year and a half and didn't give me a dime using the name. And that's why I eventually had to do the worst thing I've ever had to do in my life, which is to sue the band that I love just to get yeah. people to say, wait a minute, that's, that's you can use that. this right. guy over here, something to do with it. Um, it's been awful. Yeah. But life goes on and people have so many more terrible things happen to them than, than, than that. So sticks fans want a reunion. When I say, I mean, all sticks fans, I'm not talking about people who loved Tommy, which there were, you know, a a very good number of people. They loved Tommy that I was in the band, (laughs) you know, Uh, but that's not sticks. I'm not sticks. And in my humble opinion, they can't be sticks without me really, because it's the, it's the, it's the three guys, Mo, Larry, and Curly, and Shemp if he's available, right. that make that thing special. Yeah. So that's my answer to that. Uh, I've been calling for one last tour once again this year, and, um, and Tommy has said no. So that's that. But right. for Stick, you deserve the chance while you can to still see that thing. Who wouldn't come? I would. I mean, every six fan would come. And you'd think, I mean, it's such a moneymaker that you think that Tommy would realize that. Um, He realizes it. (laughs) He's got to put your feelings, his ego aside and just say. I I don't. Here's what I found out about people. If you take a public stand about something. And at the top of your lungs, it's if I got brought back in, I think, is it possible to say, well, maybe that was a mistake. People can't. Have have you noticed in the last year and a half, people have a very difficult time saying, well, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe I should put it for that person. You see what I'm saying? Can't say because that means it's 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 not about that thing anymore. It's all about you. You know, people who can never admit they're wrong. You know, you know, people like that. Yeah. That's what it's all about. I believe because 
when they replaced me, let's talk about this real quick. Yeah, sure. In 1989, when I got replaced because I was sick, I was sick. I still have sunglasses. I have to wear them. My eyesight and my light is worse every year. It just didn't go away. I'm a long hauler of what I got in 1998. That's a fact. Right. Because when I the doctors in 98, said, what happened to me? I got the flu and I can't even. I said, I lost my taste, of sm- my, my, my taste, my smell. Everything's good. They looked at me like this and went, really? Nobody said, oh, you lost. Nobody said anything to me. Right. So um, they decided to replace me. This is after the huge tours of 96 and 97. Right. Mm-hmm. Huge tours. Yeah. We're together again. 98, I get sick in 98. Boom. 99, at the end of 98, we're making a record. But I say, you got to give me, they want a tour. I said, give me six months. I'm starting to understand it's my eyes that are causing me to be right. fatigued. They replaced me. That's what they did. And then they went, uh, you know, that's, a, that's a very bad story to tell a fan base. We replaced DeYoung. Right. Because he's not well enough to go on the road right now. Yeah. So it was a selfish of me to say, I don't want you touring without me. No. Yeah. And when I said in the behind the music, I couldn't imagine sticks touring without me. People thought that was arrogance. Hey, dummies. That band was formed in my basement in 1962. I played every, every gig, wedding, anniversary, rock right. show. Arrowhead Stadium, every one of them, yeah. I was on stage. So how is that hard for you to understand? I couldn't envision it. Yeah. Okay. So that's what happened. And then they went and they, and they just, and so the tell that story is bad. So they invented this story for behind the music. They started off by saying, no, Dennis DeYoung is retired. He's right. passed the baton to Tommy. That was a lie. So then they had to come up on behind the music and relitigate Kilroy from 1983, as if ignoring 1996 and 97, and we're making as if that's yeah. not existing, and then go back and say, oh yeah, you know, he wanted he wanted to do ballads. That's 1979. Right. What does that have to do with 2000? Nothing. Yeah. But they told it hard. They had the machine, and they kept telling it for 22 years, and running down Mr. Roboto every chance they got, and then they added the thing three or four years ago. Right. You see, it's 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 disingenuous. And it's an insult to the fan base. So the point of this is this beautiful fan base that gave us four triple platinums in, in a row. Right. Plus people like you to come and follow me. Now, you shouldn't be following me. You should be following us. Yeah. That's my view. And so I said from the beginning when the fans started screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, this is not what I intended. I wanted Sticks fans to love the band. Yeah. Sure, you get favorites maybe but that's not the core the core said that music as a whole is so different and it's always moving and saying we love that thing so that's the answer to my question you have never heard a longer answer to a simple question <laughs> you'd be surprised no but it, it's a it's a it's a great answer and I, i've actually had gowan on, on my show because I, lo- I love his solo work you know when he was in canada but it's and he's been in the band about 20 years now and it's just like not the same, you know. Gowan is Gowan is the best Gowan ever. Yeah, I'm the best Dennis DeYoung, and nobody, right. nobody comes close. Yeah. 
Okay, if you play guitar parts or keyboard parts, you can fight 10,000 people. You can find a four-year-old Japanese girl who can do Eddie Van Halen solos. Right. I mean, anybody can, but the voice. Come on, yeah. get real, get yeah. serious. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. No. And here's another thing. If I were to step on stage with Sticks for one last tour, which is what I want for the fans. Yeah. And then I go, welcome to the grand illusion. Lady, when you the minute I do that, 22 years is erased. Right. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay. The human voice is the greatest instrument. <laughs> and, you know, Journey yeah. may have done it the best, followed by Foreigner. They were smart enough or aware enough to say, we are not going to reinvent sticks. We're going to go get RNL. Right. Because they want to, even if they go and see RNL, they can at least go and close their eyes and listen. Yeah. Right. So that's the deal. Um, so if I was, if, if they'd have come to me and they said, we, we're going to replace you, what would you do, Dennis? I would say, find a guy right. who's close to me as possible, even if it means getting a keyboard player. Because people want to hear that singing. Yeah. That has kept them from being viewed on the same level as Journey or Foreigner. Right. Because, listen, Larry seems like a nice person. You know? Yeah. But come on. Yeah. yeah. It's a bad spot for him, you know? Huh? It's, it's a bad spot they put him in. Not a bad. Wait. wait. He, he okay. listen, that, that, that was not mandatory, him joining. Oh, no, of course. Band. No, I mean, he went willingly, of course. Yeah. And he knows. He's he not. Right. You know, he. And uh, so that's my, that's my thing. Yeah. Uh, get a guy that sounds like the young. Um, even if you need to get. If, if you don't do that, get somebody close that is just a one great singer, right? Yeah. In the mold of Dion. So that would have been my advice. Not get somebody, you know, who's doing that. Right. What Larry. Yeah. And your, your, your friend, uh, Jim Peterick, did, you know, their band, Survivor, did the same thing. You know, Dave Bickler, you know, had to leave. He had issues. And then you get Jimmy Jameson, who sounded great. And, you know, they, they kept, you know, going full steam ahead. And they obviously both came in the band and, you know, left and, you know, this and that. Jimmy's a great, Jimmy was a great singer. Yeah, he was. Yeah, absolutely. That's my, you made my point. Yeah. You know, Gowan's great at being Gowan. Right. Yeah. And I, I his, his solo stuff is great. I love it. But it's singing your stuff. It's not you, you know, and it's not similar to you. So what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to just sit in my studio and uh, order pizza later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah. But I, I want to bring up a couple songs uh, that I, I love. Uh, and it's another solo uh, song, uh, Desert Moon, your, your favorite, your first uh, yeah. solo album, which I, I love that song. It's like one of my favorites, not of you, just of all time. It's just such, it's such a great song. Was it difficult releasing that album? Like, what, what were your expectations knowing the whole, like, I don't want to say end of the band, but the pause of the band and then start releasing your solo work. Tommy quit right. on stage. Band didn't break up. He quit. P they, 
they've repeated this lie over and over again. But JY, I'm going to say it till I'm, I, I can't speak any English anymore. Right. JY, John and Chuck begged me to replace Tommy. That's how mad they were at him. Wow. He quit sticks. Testing, one, two, three. Where do you go from there? Right. Girls with guns. I mean, where do you go from there? Why am I making a solo album, Desert Moon? I don't want to make a solo album. Right. If that, it, I think that if Desert Moon was a stick song, which it absolutely could have been, it, it might have been for one song. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So I didn't want to make a solo album, but I thought I'm, I'm not going to follow J.Y. John and Chuck because I don't, I know what Tommy means to the band. Right. It seems not very self-aware yeah. to understand. So I thought he wants to make a solo level. Go do your thing. And he made three, which took time. Yeah. So he, I only did this room because I didn't want to have nothing to do. A&M was standing there saying, here's your three record deal we'll give you. Right. Well, okay. Once again, I'm not a math major. But there's money involved. Of course. So that's how it happened. But <clears throat> Desert Moon, if I've read a, if, if I've written a better cinematic line than is this the train to Desert Moon was all she said, but I knew I'd heard that stranger's voice before. Yeah. I well, I just got the chill saying it. And right. that's, that's as pompous as you can get. But once <laughs> in a while you get something right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it well, because here's the funny thing. I was asked to think about writing a song for Dune, the right. movie. Yeah. And then I started reading the book. Oh, I hate this book. But then you've got deserts, planets, and moons. And I thought, I'll put that to you. And then, boom, they hired somebody else. Huh. Well, I had the idea. And uh, so I just turned it into that song, which is, you know, it's a song about wanting to return to someplace that no longer exists except in your memory. And it's a good one. And, uh, you know, it was just one of the most played videos of 1984, which is saying something. Yeah. So um, I just imagined that with sticks. You, you, yeah. you, everyone, you know what would have happened? Everyone would have forgot about Kilroy. Anybody who thought, oh, Kill, <laughs> they, they went did this. I yeah. want them to be in 1975. Grow up. Right. <laughs> For Christ's sake, are you the same person you were 75? You're eight years old, nine years old. You see what I mean? But this is fans. I love them because you convince them to do one thing. You do this thing. And then if you change on them, it's not just sticks, any band. What, look at Rush when the Rush did this thing. and fans are, right. This is what happens to a core following of any band. Billy Corgan was just moaning about the same thing with Mashing Pumpkins. That's true, yeah. We know why. I remember the first time I heard Rubber Soul. I put it on. I went, what have they done? <laughs> what happened? To yeah. That was the first listen. And then the third listen, I said, well, goodbye, Beatlemania. Hello to the future. Right. But that's me. Some people, they can't give up the ghost. I like that about you. Keep doing that. What am I, ACDC? I mean, this is what I think. Right. You've got that. If you like, this is this is the dilemma of all people who have success. You develop a, an audience that's faithful. If you and then for some, not all, otherwise we wouldn't have had. You know, the difference between Grand Illusion and Paradise Theater are like night and day. Right. 
but they still sold three and a half, four million, which means what? Well, it's the songs. They yeah. like this. They like the guys in the band. They like right. the two. They like those blondes. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what this is what it is. You try to move forward a little. And really, Mr. Roboto is the outlier on that album. There really isn't anything like Roboto on the record except no, that song. Right. Was the single. And it had the it had the audacity to sell a million copies and go to number three. The nerve. <laughs> I, when I think about it, I think to myself, who does that? Yeah. Isn't so anyway, um, no song on Equinox, Crystal Ball, Pieces of Eight, or Grand Illusion ever went to number three. Never happened. Right. That doesn't mean that Kilroy is better. It isn't. Grand Illusion, if you, my three right there in that. You got to go Equinox. Well, first Grand Illusion. And then it's a tie between Equinox and, and Pieces of Eight as that style. And right. then for a band who can change like we did on Paradise Theater, say, hey, look what, we, did, what yeah. we just did there to you. We went. And, you know, for the people who are only going to like one thing, I respect them. But it's not my job to please them. No. Now, I can hear fans going, what an arrogant, no good kids pay attention i'm trying to create something right if you got to keep creating the same here's the box you're in if you got to stay in the box over and over again yeah. you you'll end up writing songs that sounds like songs that you've already written and you don't want to have a grand illusion volume six volume seven you want to you know evolve if it is, i will if it's as good no, I'm, yeah if it's yeah. good it's, it's yeah. never gonna I be dare, good i dare this way I was like, record comes, you go, you know, you need another song like Come Sail Away. And I'd go, no shit. Right, of course. <laughs> I, I wrote that one. If I try to rewrite that one, like I said, the only band that got away with that is ACDC. They got away with it. Okay. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're the outlier. Right. Yeah. And you mentioned, obviously, uh, Mr. Roboto, and like you mentioned, Desert Moon being one of the most popular videos, the 84, I think. Mr. Roboto was of 83. I mean, that's how I discovered you guys. Yeah. Eight years old and just the whole space thing, you know, grew to me. And I wanted to, <laughs> for Halloween, not be Mr. Roboto. I wanted to dress up in like that lavender costume because it was, I thought it was fantastic <laughs> when I was eight years old. I mean, looking back now, maybe not so much, but it's, it's such a great song and video. Well, you know, um, you know, the show, Go the Goldbergs? Of course, yeah. The creator of that show, he he right. he told me that him and his friends did that in high school as right. they they made outfits for themselves and they yeah. did it as you know one of those talent show things. Yeah. Look, a lot of bands changed their styles in 83, 4, and 5 because right. there was a new it was a new revolution. It was no longer 1973. Of Wake course. up. Yeah. You know. So um I wrote Roboto and it was never supposed to be a single anyway. It was just a song to tell the story. And uh, it, well, it had the, like I said, it had the audacity to be catchy and eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds. And maybe the 16-year-old guy who liked Equinox was not happy. Right. But I was not trying to alienate those people. I was just trying to be creative. This is what my job is. 
<laughs> right. Not a carpenter who builds things for the blueprint. So anyway, this is what happened. And you know what? We, we, we toured 96 and 7. Joyous. Did anyone say to us, Roboto, no one mentioned it on the tours. Okay. Nobody said nothing. So Tommy and JY, they made it an issue in the behind the music segment. And then they continued right. it. For they kept it. So what they, what they did was, in an effort, I believe, to try to castigate, denigrate me and my music, they were, I, I thought, I think they lost sight that that sticks to people. It's not Dennis D. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You mm-hmm. can't run that music down because you, the, the eight year old in you goes, wait a minute. I got into sticks because of that. And yeah. you know how many people there are like you? I'm sure. Yeah. Lots. Yeah. So that's what happens. So it doesn't make any sense. You'd never hear me say, the only music I ever run down by sticks is the stuff I wrote. I can say I didn't like that song, you know. Right. I can, hey, why did I write Jonas Salter? I can say that I wrote it. Yeah. Uh, but you'll never hear me say a bad word about a Tommy song or a GY song. You, I dare you to find where I said that because I don't believe it. We were making stuff up every twelve months and making a record, doing the best we could, and right. it makes no sense because. If I run down a song by somebody else, I'm running down sticks and yeah. I'm not doing Right. I'm not going to ask you like what your favorite stick song is, but I'm going to ask you which one you're most proud of. Look, when I recorded these songs of my songs, you're talking right. about. Yeah. And we sent them out there. They don't, they no longer belong to me. They belong to you. That eight-year-old, yeah. that's, your, that's not my song. I just happen to be involved with it. So when people say, what's your favorite song? I don't have one. Because what would be the point? Um, I, I would say, I, I would say, that may not be your favorite one. You may like something on Serpent is Rising. Who am I to say to you now, yeah. don't like it? Although I did on Serpent is Rising, unfortunately. I take it all back. Right. <laughs> but this music belongs to you guys. Yeah. And yours. You make of it what you will. And it's about your memories. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was thinking or writing doesn't necessarily have to coincide with you, the listener. Has your song bro- writing process changed over the years? Oh, sure. From the very beginning. When I wrote Lady, I had no idea yeah. what I would at all. Right. I'd never written. So, sure. You know, you know what, you, what you have to do as a songwriter is you go, you can't accept mediocrity from yourself. Now you will, if you have to write a lot of songs, uh, some will be better than others. But what you try to do is force yourself to be original. <laughs> and you know, after you've done 150, 200 of them, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm out of ideas. Um, but you keep pushing and say, well, I've never done that before. Let's try to do that. And see if you can make it make sense. But no, the process is the same. You have to sit behind the piano, for me, a keyboard, until the good ones pop out because there's mm-hmm. some in that piano. I just don't know where the hell they are. Yeah. Have you struggled sometimes to find it? I know guys that, that, that can't stop writing. Right. You know, they, Peter Rick's like that, Jude Peter Rick. Mm-hmm. He writes constantly. I go, eh, it's ball games <laughs> on. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Well, that's the truth. I'm just, you know, I have other interests. Yeah. I don't write to live. I wrote for a purpose. It was very goal oriented. Yeah. Um, I had albums. <laughs> I started writing songs because we got a record deal. Now we have to write songs. I don't yeah. know how to do that. So I did it. And that's how I've always looked at it. It's a job. I have a job. Best job in the world. I'm a rock star. Yeah. Ask any actor. They wanted to be rock stars. But right. they're big. So you're, you're master of your own destiny. Yeah. You don't have to listen to no director. Hmm. You got the job. You're already there. You don't have to audition. You're in the band. Right. But I, I, I write when I write. You know, I mean, uh, hmm. like when Peter said, Come on, Dan, the world needs your music. Yeah, it happened. Text me. I didn't believe it. I don't care. Um, but when the goal is there, get out of my way. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to run to the goal line. That's what I do. And that's what songwriting is. Um, I know how to do it. I can do it. But you have to really push yourself to get something special out of yourself. Right. I mean, now, like with all the technology, you can just release a song, just a song or a couple songs. You don't have to worry about an album. Are you still going to do that? If you feel like writing, you have something you want to say, you're still going to do that? Maybe. I'm not making no albums. Right. <laughs> Too much work. Yeah. I'm not having people, oh, another album. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. Too, this many. This many is not enough for me to sit in front of this board for 11 hours a day. Yeah. Challenging myself to be better than what those things in the back wall look like. You know, <laughs> I don't need that anymore. Yeah. When we're young, we're trying to prove ourselves. When we're old, here's the difference as I see life. When you're younger, it's the pursuit of happiness. When you get older, it's the avoidance of pain and crisis. That's what life is. Right. That's what it is. <laughs> Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The way the world is now, which I mean, obviously the pandemic and all just the, the shit show of everything. Do you think show me the way is more relevant than ever now? There's only one question as I tell everybody. It's why. Right. What, what, why are we here? What, 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 I, what's the manual? What does it say? What is you know, batteries not included, neither are instructions, the game of life. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Take take what you want out of it. If you if you're gonna get more joy out of Billie Eilish and whatever she's doing, this is this is what it is. Uh, show me the ways there. Right. Uh, I think I I think I said, you know, I said the very same, very similar thing in your saving grace. Mm -hmm. The Human beings, they elevate other human beings like you have elevated me and I have elevated Paul McCartney and some do with politicians or sports figures or stars or people in religion because they're, they're scared of the fact that um, uh, there isn't somebody who knows more than they do. Please tell us what's going on. Well, nobody knows. Right. Anybody who says they do is a big fat liar. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. And we've seen it so much in the last couple of years. Nobody knows nothing. I said it on that video. You probably saw it with all due respect. Yes. I said, it knows nothing. That's it. Yeah. How about this? You want to make mankind better? Two things. Number one, there's only one rule. 
the golden rule. Try it, kids. <laughs> That'll make things better immediately if right. you follow everybody. And number two, less hubris, more hu- more humility. It's okay to say you don't know. It's okay to say, well, and be careful who you follow. Right. Whether religious leaders, rock stars, political leaders, whatever. And and choose wisely on the gangs you cho- that you, you join, whatever gang that is. Yeah. Is it a religious gang? No, all the people in religion are going to write in and say, how dare he insult whatever religion <laughs> they are. Yeah. And I say, look, it's a, it, pe- human beings, they like to gather with like-minded people and feel mm-hmm. that they've got a grip on existence. You don't. You don't. You don't. Mm-hmm. If the pandemic didn't teach you, it's the universe's job as far as we uh, forget scripture. As far as we can tell, it's, to repl- it's replacement. Hey, get rid of that. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. This is what the universe seems to be doing. Mm-hmm. Now we can we can assign greater, loftier goals and beliefs to ourselves as humans to comfort ourselves. And we need it. That's mm-hmm. why the open line is showing me the ways. Every night I say a prayer in the hope that there's a heaven. Yeah. But I don't know. Right. I want to believe like you saved me. That's that's your saving grace. It's the uh, want something bigger and better than ourselves to lift us. Right. Yeah, that's what music does. I mean, you can listen to the same song a hundred times. You know, it's you can't really watch. You can watch the same movie a hundred times, but you don't get the same. No, you some wrong. You, yeah. <laughs> Unless yeah. you're learning the dialogue. Right. I mean, you know, music is something like there. You can just find a particular song and it just draws to you and you have so many of those songs in your library. Yes. <clears throat> no no disagreement here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you remember where you were the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio? Of course. Oh, the first, yes. <clears throat> I heard Best Thing on the radio in Chicago and I was in my car and they played it on this little station that played all kinds of things. I went, oh, look, it, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth than that. I'm telling you right now. But right. Uh, yeah, it's, to this day, I will, if I pull up to a grocery store and one of my songs comes on, I'll sit and listen to the whole thing. I right. won't get out because I can't take that for granted. Yeah. What about like one of the most interesting places? Like you mentioned in, the, in a grocery store, but like wherever in the world, somewhere, dentist office, you know, wherever you've heard one of your songs and you kind of like, you know, yeah, step back. it's always good. Now look at it. That's good. Yeah. Everybody who, who, who does a, a, a version of something I've written, it could be the worst. But I still love it. Right. I'll go, I'll be maybe two bars in. I'll go, that's not for that. But I still feel. It's connecting. It's connecting. Right, yeah. What I gave, this is what they took. That's the bargain. Right. Like, obviously, so many of your songs are like in, you know, pop culture, different references, different media. You mentioned Goldberg, you know, the Goldbergs. But like, what's some of your favorite ones? Oh, I think number one is the way they used it in Freaks and Geeks. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, it was, <clears throat> it made me cry. Yeah. <clears throat> I saw it when it aired. Um, 
Judd Apatow. Um, I never heard of Fixing Geeks, nor Judd Apatow, because he okay. was brand new. Right. But they either <clears throat> they storyboarded, see, and they tell you, well, this is what's going to happen. And I read it and I went, yeah, uh-huh. So I didn't know he was going to go on to be Judd, Judd Apatow. Yeah. Uh, I knew that that was like, there it is. That's it. You know, what that kid in that scene is feeling <clears throat> is humanity, the insecurity that we all carry, no matter how much bluster we can put on the outside. That's it. The vulnerability of, hum of humankind. It's right. just so beautiful. And then when the music shifts, I said, see, don't, don't dance to Sticks music. Because it's... <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now, like, the lost art of, like, mixtapes. Like, no one makes mixtapes anymore. They'll make playlists. You know, they'll share to people. It's just the way the technology is. But when I was going out with my girlfriend, not my wife, um, obviously, Babe was very much part of that that playlist. And I'm sure you're not, I'm not the first person that, you know, told you that. Um, what, like, do you kind of like, appreciate that stuff? Like when, when, when people tell you like, oh, I added that song to a playlist or that song is my wait, wedding song and just that song helped me through difficult times. Uh, 9,000 people telling me I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, sent for, I'm sent from God. I think, <laughs> oh, gee, <clears throat> might be time to have a discussion with God. Right. <laughs> so, um, that's it. I mean, you love that. That's the whole point. That's it. I did that. And this is how people, you know, felt about it. Yeah. That's it. Right. And then we'll close out with, I guess, the, the new album again. Uh, volume Tell 2. Me about the new album. Tell me about the new album. Yeah, it's pretty good, I heard. Um, I haven't listened Have to it yet. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, I liked you and I said, now I have to find yeah, this no. guy. Where yeah, no, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, like Volume 2 has another great song, Less Guitar Hero, featuring Tom Morello. Oh, yeah. Rage yeah. Against Machine. Uh, probably... You can say he's the last guitar hero if, if you want to say he's, he's fantastic. Um, yeah. How did that collaboration come about, with Tom? I met him at an Adam Sandler party, Christmas, Hanukkah, Shindig. And right. uh, my guitar player, August, brought him up to me and he told me he was a Sticks fan. And he, mm -hmm. he saw Paradise Theater and Kilroy. And he liked Roboto. Yeah. Uh, I said, you should have been one of the guitar players in my band. Things would have went better. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, Tom Morello. Why is Dennis DeYoung with Tom Morello? Well, Dennis DeYoung isn't just Babe. Are right. you? You see, the thing is, this is this is part and parcel of um, when your success overshadows everything. Now you can become a victim of your successes. I'm known for writing a lot of ballads that because they were hit records. Yeah. Um, but that's not all I wrote, and a lot of the stuff I wrote in the beginning of uh, the development of Sticks was not like that. Right. Although I started with Lady. First minute and six seconds that anyone ever heard Lady That Mattered was a pop ballad. It was a pop ballad, not art rock. And it goes, da 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 down, 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 down. That's JY playing his riffs. This is it. It's a band. Right. And so I think um, Tom Morello, he likes sticks. I mean, he probably, I wouldn't think that Babe was his favorite song. Right. But that doesn't matter. You know, we were yeah. so many, we were so much to so many yeah. different. Right. And that's that's the best part about it. So Tom Morello's playing, 
He's playing, blah, 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 blah. I call him the great Houdini. How did he do <laughs> that? So, um, yeah, and there you go. It's rocking, dude. There's so much for, you know, sticks. Like, all you know, you can, like, the baby, you know, there's so many different other songs that people, like, love and appreciate. And you don't have to, you know, just focus on one genre of it. You know, the poppy ballads or the hard, hard rock. It's, it's great. And that's how a band should be. It should be versatile. And, and that's what you now, guys now that I'm a, so, uh, Now that I'm this old and I don't really give, I don't, I don't care. I'll say what I want to say. Yeah. For people who, um, who say, I hate sticks. Okay. I'm thinking they're responding to a, to a name. Because when you think of the scope of Babe, Boat on the River, Mr. Roboto, Renegade, Grand Illusion, Castle Walls, man, when you think of the scope of music, that means, well, you hate everything. Hmm. You hate all kinds of music. And you hate three different singers, right. you've got a lot of hate. So yeah. I just I dismiss them and say they're responding. They think they're cool. I'm too yeah. cool. Oh uh, yeah, you know what cool is? Listen, for you people who think you're cool, the real cool people that I knew mm-hmm. are either dead or in jail. So stop right. pretending you're not cool. <laughs> right. Why aren't you guys in the Hall of Fame? Can you vote? I wish I could. Well, I that's that- why. You do have the fan vote, but I mean, it's like. It's- Get out of your T-shirt, shave your beard, and go do- take a trip to Cleveland and convince them to put me in the hall. We belong in there because our people are in there, and they weren't as good as us, nor successful. Yeah. Am I wrong to say it? No. And I don't care if you people don't like me. I really don't click off this <laughs> thing. I just don't care. Once again, of course we belong in there. I can't do a thing about it. <clears throat> no, I know. I know. It's, it's, it's a shame because there's no reason why you guys are you seeing bands now from the 90s who are We good, would be. Sticks yeah. stayed together, we would be. Right, yeah. Because the fan base have been strong, and those are crazy people. They would be going to the Hall of Fame, right? But when you yeah. split it and the, it blows up, then people, they go, ah, screw those guys. They're a bunch of whining. <laughs> Did they live up to your expectations? Exceeded it. Listen to this guy. <laughs> Pay attention to the podcast. See you, buddy. And a special thanks to Dennis for joining me today. Go check out 26 East Volume 2. It's fantastic, as well as Volume 1 and all other Dennis's work, as well as Sticks. And fingers crossed, perhaps someday down the road, we'll get Dennis back with Tommy and JY because we'll see a kick ass reunion show. And if you have a guest suggestion, hit me up on Twitter at the first and all one nine, or like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. Shows on SoundCloud, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever podcasts are found. A new episode comes out every week, eh, sometimes every two weeks. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you then. <laughs>